At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. First things first, this is about truth-telling. I have no agenda. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what No Mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah! This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breathtaking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you usually every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. We're here in my studio, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. As always, appreciate the love and support. Please continue to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube. Just click the bell to get notified for all of our new content, and be sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, by the way, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. I'm going to get right to it today is not one of those days where it's going to be a typical show per se. Today is one of those days where I'm going to have a discussion with the one and only Dan Levitard. Uh, somebody that seemed like a nemesis, but he has been a friend of mine spanning three decades. But there's a lot that we've been in the news about, sparring, going back and forth with one another. And that's exactly what I intend for us to do today. It's Dan Levitard showing up on the Stephen A. Smith show. Oh, get ready. It's going to be special. Dan Levitard, up next. My next guest is a former sports writer and radio personality who I worked with over at ESPN for years before he moved on to hosting his own podcast, The Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. Please welcome to the show, Dan Levitard. What's going on, big time? How are you, sir? How's everything? It's nice to see you again. Nice to talk to you yeah, instead of yeah. reading things and hearing things that you have been saying. The, the I'm coming off vacation to skewer me. That's and right. 
be that's insulted right. by me yeah. and to let me have it. So it's nice to talk to you face to face again. That's right. First of all, it's good to talk face to face. And regardless of what conversations we've had in the past or in the future, we're friends, we're brothers. We always will be. You know, I love you. and You know how, how far back we go. We go back decades. So we're going to get that out of the way first. Now let's get into it, Dan Lebertar, because there's a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to get to. And I know that we're both pressed for time. Before we get into it, however, I wanted to set the table, set the discussion a bit for those listening. It all started with this moment from when you and I, when I appeared on your podcast, okay, talking about it. Please throw to that before we get this conversation started. Play it all. I hate what you two have done to sports television. You can say that all you want to. I would say, who the hell are you to sit up there and say me and him? What about you? What the hell were you living under a rock teaching at, at Miami U? You were part of it too. I'm talking. You ain't innocent. I'm talking about all the imitators that you have birthed. Uh, all of the all of the imitators that are all over the place, thinking without the journalism credentials that uh, the the point of all this is to turn it into an argument on television. That's where it all started, Dan. And the moment that really set me off was this one from your podcast in July. Play that. Take which I do uh, during the NFL season because that show is very much Stephen A. Smith's show. You go into the arena knowing that you you're being incentivized to attack, but there's limits to it. You know, there, it, the, the, it's very clear who the boss is. <laughs> and then the- Yes. And you went on and on, and I've got more clips to show. But before I get into any of that, Dan Levitard. You wanted to have a discussion. And I, if I remember your word correctly, you want to have a discussion and for me not to be too performative. So the floor is yours, Dan Lebertard. Talk to me about what's been on your mind and as it pertains to this industry, to people like myself and Skip and the folks we have spawned. What's the whole issue with you, Dan Lebertard, as it pertains to this industry right now? Let me start by saying, Stephen A., because it feels like there have been some instances where you have felt insulted, and I don't get to decide what's insulting for you, but I mean no insult because I want your audience to know as we get started here, it doesn't just merely go back to the parking lot and the spectrum 30 years ago that I know you. My admiration for you runs deep, not just because you're the hardest worker in the business, because you stay hungry, hungry, you're a conqueror, but I know what you had to slither around and climb over to get where it is that you've gotten. So mm-hmm. I wanted to clearly talk to you in a nuanced way about sure. this entire discussion that didn't make it seem like I was beefing with your credentials or insulted by your existence because we have decided with Argument Television, which took the acid that was sports radio and put lighter fluid all over it and created an environment that I believe is crueler to the athlete than it needs to be Mm. and celebrates sports less than it should because when you have an argument between two people, somebody's got to take the other side. And very often things that I think should be triumphs end up being about who's to blame because we got to find someone to blame and it stops being about the celebration of sports. Skip Bayless, I believe, to be the avatar in our industry, the hood ornament for why athletes don't like the media. I think that he is the face of that and what has happened after that, because it gets ratings, because morning television feeds it, because the audience enjoys it. What happens after that, I believe, is the athlete becomes slightly less human when it becomes not about winning the games, but about winning an argument. 
Well, guess what? I'm, I, I get where you're coming from, Dan. But what I would make the argument, and I, and I don't really take offense, honestly speaking, to when you give that kind of description. What I take offense to is you acting as if it started with the Skip Bayless or it started with first take. I'm right. Dan Levitar was on Sports Reporters. And before you were on Sports Reporters, you saw others on Sports Reporters. What were they doing? PTI has been around for over 20 years. We've seen Mike Wilbon, who we both love dearly, okay, along with Tony Kornheiser. I mean, listen, they were elite columnists for the Washington Post that were never shy about expressing themselves. And they certainly didn't come across as doing that on television. You know, Jim Rome, he existed for years and what have you. And, and obviously you were writing columns. And before that, you were a reporter. You were a reporter and a columnist for the Miami Herald for 26 years, for crying out loud. 1990 to 2016, if I remember correctly. I'm just saying this notion that all of a sudden Skip Bayless arrived or Stephen A. and Skip Bayless arrived on first take and look at what it spawned. I'm saying to myself, long before we came along, there was y'all and y'all expressed yourself. I mean, how did you give yourself a pass in all of that, Dan Levitard? Well, depending on your perspective, okay. you either made all of that better or you made it worse okay. because sports writers came up and I, like you, learned at the knee of some of these people. I came up doing it the way it was done because if you were on sports reporters, that's how they were doing it. I was no one to come in and change the paradigm and after many years of doing it that way, Stephen, and some of your criticism that I thought was invalid of me made it feel like you hadn't actually watched Highly Questionable. Because if I had one argument with Bomani Jones on that show, it would be too many. I don't remember any arguments. I decided at the beginning of that that that's not what I wanted to do with either my radio show, my podcast, or, uh, or the television show. Mm -hmm. But I had to learn it. I had to see it all around me on ESPN in order to, to, to say... I don't want to do that anymore, but it's fair criticism to call me out on the, the perception of hypocrisy when you're saying, well, you did it too, because I did. I fed at the trough that ate all newspaper sports department credibilities. ESPN bought all the watchdogs, put us on television, fed us a bunch of cotton candy, money, fame, and it distorted what was supposed to be journalism because now we've got too many professional wrestling elements in what it is that we're doing. Well, let me say this. First, first things first, you do have a point about highly questionable because I really wasn't talking about that. I was talking about seeing you filling in on part of the interruption. I was talking about seeing you on sports reporters. I was talking about some of your columns that you have written throughout the years. I was talking about the inordinate amount of work that you put forth where your passion and your feelings and your intellect came shining through on a plethora of issues that a lot of people didn't even think about until Dan Levitard brought it to our attention in a unique perspective, in a unique way that you would do so. Having said all of that, when we talk about the industry, here's where I'll dare say I'll come to the defense of the network that I still work for, which is ESPN. And by the way, I can say that because even when they fired me in 2009 and I was gone for until 2011 and banned from television, basically from 2009 to 2012, I didn't have this insatiable need to constantly call all point out all of their flaws and call them out. I would tell you this, you took newspaper writers, we had opinions, we had columns and stuff like that. And we'd go on the air. They didn't compromise journalism. We still had to report. We had to go out there and ingratiate ourselves in terms of talking to athletes, networking, interviews and stuff like that. So I don't view it that way. Why do you view the, the ESPNs of the world, the FS1s of the world and others as doing that 
when it's simply folks expressing their opinions verbally when we were doing it in writing before doing it verbally. Well, you have seen, have you not? Because in our lifetime, I've seen First Take go from the most criticized uh, show that ESPN had to its signature show. And that may be because of the way you've elevated uh, First Take, or it may be because some of your surroundings have also been depleted because journalism has, in many instances, left the building there. Not entirely, but uh, some of the most serious things Things that they do at ESPN journalistically. Mm-hmm. Some of them are no longer uh, being done. I know that one of your criticisms of me was how could I take the money of ESPN and then criticize ESPN after I've left? And what I would say to you there is I stopped taking the money of ESPN. I left millions of dollars. But I also gave you credit for, for being critical while you were there. I did say you did that. Well, this is what I prided myself on. I always thought ESPN was and is the industry standard. And I believe the industry standard, you should speak truth to power. And I believe the industry standard should be the highest that there is. I thought ESPN, the entire time I was there, should cover ESPN the way that it covers everybody else. And ESPN didn't agree with that perspective. And that's their, they're entitled to that. Stephen, I'll give you credit, man. You're one of the few people, I don't know if you remember this, but you called me one time in one of these headline frenzies that I was in. And you told me flatly, you said, Dan, you can't go against the company there publicly. You can't do that publicly because I was being critical of the public, uh, because I was being critical in public. And on that one, I think I, I remember this correctly. It was about, you know, immigration and brown babies at the border. And it was personal to me because, because, you know, I'm a Cuban exile and I just wouldn't feel comfortable. The policies have changed now, right? You're allowed to speak now. It seems like about anything that you want. You seem to have a freedom that I've never seen at the company before on your own podcast by you, not an ESPN affiliated thing. And I'm not, I I don't mean to be paternal about this. I'm proud to see what it is that you have climbed over that place. I know you are. I don't doubt that. I know how hard all of that uh, can be. But I always just thought that ESPN shouldn't be immune to criticism because ESPN is at the top and ESPN covers others as if no one's allowed to be immune from criticism. But to enlighten the audience about the conversation, I don't believe it was that. I thought it was something about Trump more so than that, but I could be wrong because I don't recall. I know I had that conversation with you. I just don't remember specifically what we were talking about. And my words to you were, I said, Dan, you understand what goes into this from time to time. Like, for example, I don't care who it is. It could be Fox. It could be somebody else. In this case, since we both work for ESPN, we'll put ESPN on Front Street in this pers- in, in this way, in this perspective. You got stockholders and shareholders to answer to. You understand? You got a bottom line to meet. It ain't like we come in there working a nine to five asking for the average seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars. OK, both of us were getting paid exorbitantly more than that. And so when we want a piece of the bottom line, it's an obligation to contribute to the bottom line as opposed to compromising it. And a lot of times when you and I had that discussion, we used to talk about business from the stand. For uh, Both of us had our moral standing. Me as a black man in America, there's certain positions that I took that were controversial and weren't very popular. You, uh, you know, you, you know, Cuban descendant, the, the kind of issues that are pertinent to you and personal to you, you were unafraid in attacking those issues. And I never got in the way of that with you. What I was saying is, in the grand scheme of things, when did Dan Lebertar reach a point where he didn't see the big picture? I'm talking about that particular conversation. I'm not talking about it right now. That particular conversation. I said, Dan, you've always seen the big picture. You used to educate me about the big picture. How did it go from that to such a shift? 
And that was a oh. conversation we had too. Oh, but you are so good at navigating the labyrinth and some of the things that you're talking about there where you've written in your book. Look, yes. I get up in the morning, understand that my bosses need to make money and this is a business. Yes. But right. I would make the argument that this is where some journalism somewhere gets contaminated by some of these conflicts of interest. In the newsrooms we grew up in, the, the, the department, the publisher was a different office from editorial. These things had to be separated because once you get into these positions where you're trying to do journalism, Stephen A., at a company like, let's make it ESPN, sure. who's got a bunch of sports rights and partnerships with okay. the NFL, with UFC, when it comes time to criticize Dana White, the way that Dana White needs to be criticized when something like that happens in public or in private, some compromises have to be made that contaminate and the conflict of interest just isn't what my standard of objectivity and objective journalism is, fair. nor is it the one that you and I, when we began at ESPN, I think you and I can, when it was being run by totally newspaper people back at the beginning, I think we can make the argument that right there was easier to uh, avoid some of those conflicts. Because we were viewed more as a news network as opposed to somebody that had a whole bunch of league rights everywhere we turned. All I'm saying is what you could say about ESPN, you could say about anybody. So you really are abhorring the industry and what the entire industry has become as opposed to one entity or one component existing under the umbrella of that industry. So I would sit up there and turn around and say, okay, Dan Alvatar, you make a valid point in terms of that because you do have to go into consideration. I remember when you brought up the whole Dana White situation. I was the one person that spoke about it. If you remember, my words were, why the hell am I on the air speaking about it? I didn't hear the president. I didn't hear uh, WME that, that's, that, that, that purchased the UFC. I didn't hear any other shows, anybody clamoring for any other shows. Everybody was asking for Stephen A. Smith. And then you talked about the show being dumb or, or doing dumb things. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Have you seen some of the stuff that has happened on the Dan Levitard show? Now, I find it funny. I find it comical. And I'm like, it's no harm. You got an audience. They love it. I love it. I love you. I love your team. I'm sitting there like, but damn, it ain't like y'all doing a whole bunch of stuff that oh, is just so cerebral and upstanding and so serious and ethical and all of this other stuff. Sometimes you've got your flavor. Other people have theirs. What's the problem? You seem to be having, you do seem to be a bit sanctimonious, man. I'm not going to use the word hypocritical because I think that's harsh and I don't think you deserve that, especially from your buddy who is me. <laughs> but sanctimonious, I just got off the phone with my man, Mike Wilbon. He's listening right now. I, mean, I told him a few minutes and he was like this. We both love Dan. We love him. He's, <laughs> he's our brother. But you tell his sanctimonious ass to calm down. That is a quote from Mike Wilbon. And I would echo that quote, Dan. Sanctimonious, I, yes. I think uh, I think that's fair criticism of okay. me. I pre I appreciate that you were gentle with the downgrade from hypocrite downgrade. to uh, to sanctimonious. It. It's why I wanted to have this conversation <laughs> with you because you. when you were you. talking in a microphone without me here, it was hypocrite. So here it can be merely sanctimonious. Right. But you're right. Look, Stephen A. Look, I am not guiltless. Guiltless here. I am. I am not an innocent. I was able to do some of the zagging, at least in part because others. Uh, are taking sports so seriously that there's always a lane for something other than, do you think the Jets are a favorite this year? Let's argue about it or let's argue about Dak's uh, last press conference. Mm -hmm. I, I, if you thought or heard that I called you dumb, that is not what happened. 
I said that debate Dumb television, television the formative aspects yeah. of yeah. it, because you seem to be bothered by uh, the insinuation that it was performative. Is it that just applies to you when I believe all of television is performative? I okay. believe you're good at television because everyone on television is performing. It's uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. You're trying to keep people uh, entertained. And so uh, I just think there are ways without it being, uh, you know, lowest common denominator, there are ways to elevate that discussion. Yeah, but to elevate, see, here's the problem. And this is where it is personal with me, with you. One of the problems I have when you say those words you just said, people don't really, some people may know if they've listened to you long enough, they don't truly know how brilliant you are. I've known you for 30 years. You are a brilliant brother and you are incredibly conscientious and caring and compassionate but you're also self-righteous and what happens Dan Lebertard is this when you from a cerebral perspective is up here and you're expecting other people to be up here you're not appreciating that you're up here I've said this to everybody from Jordan to my damn sister for crying out loud to saying it about myself. Damn it, if everybody if if everybody was me, I wouldn't be considered great. The same is applicable to you. Why don't you see that and and and, and look at things from that from that lens instead of saying, "Damn, this is really pathetic. These people really got a problem, and it's really degrading the quality of our industry." It is a terrible blind spot that you have just revealed to me that my arrogance is terribly unlikable. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> it would explain why it is that so many people have a problem, not unlike with Bill Maher. They think an asshole is lecturing right. them and it bothers them. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? The starting point that I would give you, though, is someone who worked in Philly, who loves New York, uh, I don't like. This is the starting point for me on this. Mm-hmm. Sports radio contaminated everything in our industries, Stephen A. It wasn't just newspapers. Mm-hmm. It was television, too. A host outsourcing the entertainment content to Hector on a mobile ended up creeping up and devouring almost everything it is that we do in sports content so that I submit to you when Russell Westbrook is getting popcorn thrown at him or athletes are being treated as if they're slightly less human than they deserve to be. We instigate that by the way that we cover it Mm. because so much of it is not celebration because so much of it is about winning the argument and taking another side because you worked on a show with the guy who represents the symbol for this where LeBron James is the second best and Skip Bayless hasn't had a nice word to say about him in 20 years. That is not the way that I believe excellence and greatness in these fields, which you and I know how hard it is to be great in these fields Mm -hmm. for that to be the echo and the soundtrack behind you. When you're LeBron James, somebody chasing you with a pitchfork just to hate and troll because it's what gets views and attention is the currency of the modern age. That's a fair way to look at it. But allow me to retort from a, you know, from 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 an adversarial perspective. You can look at Skip Bayless that way. Dan Lebertard, I don't agree. I'm sorry, I don't disagree. Fair enough. Okay, I don't agree with him calling Chris 
uh, 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 Bosch, Spice Bosch, when he did that. I don't agree with him calling Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook. I don't agree with the incessant, you know, criticism that he has aimed in the direction of LeBron James just because he tried to, he wore 23 and he's trying to be Jordan and nobody will ever be Jordan. I happen to love and respect the hell out of LeBron James, but I have him number two as well behind Jordan, you know, similar to Skip. What I would say to you, however, is this. I can reverse that and say, because of Skip Bayless and how he has been, but his willingness to invite contrarian and adversarial perspectives, he's given people like myself, later on Shannon Sharp, the industry, meaning people who were a little less Skip, but Skip-like prior to him, the thing, the opportunities they created they created for the Dan Levitars of the world, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the, you know, the, and, and everybody else in between. And because of that, that far usurps what the, distaste, the distasteful proportion of Skip Bayless that you might bring up. What do you say to that? That it was profitable for me doesn't mean that it was good for sports. I'm not talking profit. That I'm, not, I'm talking the fact that you have the platforms that you have to do things the way you do them. The way I do them, the way others who are not like that do them. That's what I'm saying. But we're talking about the coarsening of coverage of athletes who in 2023, they are merited when they complain about the, the, the critic, the man not in the arena, turning up the volume so loud. I'm not talking about these one or two or three incidents, uh, Stephen. Hey, you know that at this point, we've gotten to a place where you are incentivized to go back and forth with Lonzo Ball. You're more famous than Lonzo Ball. You're more powerful than Lonzo Ball. So you go back and forth with Lonzo Ball, and all you do is incentivize all of the things that you already are being rewarded for. And I just would like the athlete to have a, a le it's already unforgiving enough. Mm -hmm. The fan, the, the, the customer is already embittered enough by the athlete playing a game, makes so much money that the gulf between customer mm -hmm. and entertainer is paved with gold. It's already difficult enough. We don't have to throw lighter fluid at every turn. And but, just because uh, Skip Bayless offered opportunities for someone, I'm not going to agree with the way that he did it. I, I, I don't either. What I'm saying is I don't have to agree with it. The fact that I have a voice, it's up to me to make sure that my boy, my voice is just as significant, if not more so, to sort of quell and diminish the impact that you fear he has had. That's what I'm saying about that. But to use your Lonzo Ball analogy, well, let's talk about that for a quick second. I say something about Lonzo Ball, and I'm saying, listen, God bless him. I hope he's okay. But you're hearing that, my goodness, it's so bad at times he can't even get out of a chair. He gets in a chair by the pool to show that he could get up in the chair. What are your Who is your sources? What are they saying? And I'm like, you know what they're saying. They're saying, they're talking about the guy that missed 47 games two years ago, that missed the entire year last season, that Chicago came out in June and said won't be ready until January. That's all, Lonzo. Wishing you nothing but the best. Wishing you great health. I know you can play, but, Joe, they're saying that you're not healthy. Dan, that's sports. It's not a crime to go back and forth over something like that. Now, if I got personal and disrespect to them and stuff, yeah, there's no place for that. You and I both agree on that. But to talk about that purely sports, 
That's what people do. That's why sports has become a multi-billion dollar industry. What's wrong with that, Dan? Well, how about how you went after Kevin Durant, for example? I'm talking about the incentivized uh, portion of this, where if you're turning something mm -hmm. on television right. into a personal back okay. and forth, right. where for entertainment value and probably also sincere with you, because yep. I don't think that you're always in the professional wrestling character role, although I've seen on occasion right. when you're talking hockey on occasion, yeah. you got to turn it up so that you can get first take amped up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Um, Definitely but, with the hockey. Guilty when, as when, Like I've never seen anything charge. like right. that on television before from a journalist, Stephen A. When and I you're said, incentivized on, to do it. The going be back and forth with Kevin Durant I'm, where you're clashing and you're saying, don't threaten me. Do you know who you're fooling with uh things get so okay. elevated when right. you arrive at your mm -hmm. stature and your place at the top of this industry and the top of argument culture mm -hmm. that i believe mm -hmm. that you're seeing an evolution there that i would have never seen before even with a stephen a smith that i've seen in the locker room right, right. not afraid of a single soul i've right. sat in the locker room with stephen a as eric dampier shows up behind me and you have Crucified Eric Dampier and said he looks or like he's Kwame Brown out or there Eric Dampier or and your Slava voice Medvedenko. is loud in the locker room and right. I'm saying Stephen A he's he's right there and you're like I don't care I'll say it right to his damn face uh, it's an elevation of this that I haven't seen in our industry before. Well, let me say this first of all to use the Kevin Durant example I called it the weakest move that I'd ever seen by a superstar because you lost a three one lead you lost to that team and then you went to them less than a month later and joined them. And I hadn't seen that. To me, that's a strictly sports conversation. When Kevin Durant turned it into something else is that, you know, he was coming at me and I'm like, listen, you don't want to make an enemy out of me because what I was saying was you are afraid of words. I won't stop because I'm talking sports. I'm not talking about your personal life. This is what I do for a living. And I'm sticking to that without getting the personal. That's all I meant with him on that one. But let me ask you this question since you brought up the Kevin Durant. What about Dan Lebertard? What about when you were talking to Rob Manfred? Hold on. Hold that thought for a second. Can we play Dan Lebertard talking to the Major League Baseball Commissioner, Rob Manfred? Could you play that, please? You want to ask me questions? I'll answer them the way that I want to answer them. Okay, but if that's, that's not fine. good enough. We can move on. No, that's fine. I'll do it that way. But you can't come. You're coming on here and saying that you weren't aware of Jeter's plan to trade players and slash payroll. Like we're starting with a lie, Rob. Like that's where we're starting. Like you, you know, can't I'm tell me you're not aware of that. And have you call me a liar? That was Dan Lebertard. Now let me ask you this, Dan. Now you brought up me and Kevin Durant. Dan Lebertard, you went to the University of Miami. You wrote for the Miami Herald for 26 years. You were absolutely, utterly disgusted with the state of the Miami Marlins. And I don't blame you one bit, by the way. I don't blame you for that. But that was not an objective, professional person talking to Rob Manfred. I'm not saying you didn't do a professional interview. The interview was sensational. Please don't get me. Please don't get me wrong. The interview was sensational. What I'm saying is everybody and their grandmama knew. That was Dan Levitard. That was some personal feelings up in there. That was not objective.
Do you know how much trouble I got into for that interview? Because ESPN is a league partner with MLB. Rob Manfred conducted the single worst commissioner interview anyone has ever heard. And it was embarrassing to him. But I it wasn't just emotional, although you probably heard the emotion there. Yes. And certainly it South wasn't. Florida has been betrayed by baseball plenty, treating right. it like uh, a bit of a brothel here right. in South Florida as a business. But uh, th- I had documents. I had documents in front of me that uh, that showed that he was not telling the truth. And so you rarely get, you rarely get, I would argue that that was one of my more professional moments, even though it's on television and framed with whatever it is, the, the, uh, you know, the gift wrapping is mm-hmm. on this. Uh, I would argue that that is one of my p- more professional journalistic moments to, to call him, you know, call him to task on something that wasn't the truth. Having said all of that, we sit here today in the year 2023. Uh, Dan Levertard's show with Stu Gotts is one of the uh, best podcasts going. You do an outstanding job. We all know what level of credibility you bring to the industry. Your team does an outstanding job. I give them all a lot of props. The man that you partner with, that you work with, is our former boss, John Skipper, here at ESPN. You know I got some love with it for him. Hello, John Skipper. It's good to see Good to Let me bring that up, too, okay? Um you're going places in this industry. How are you going to pull that off if you continue to feel the way that you feel about the industry and the direction it's going in? I can, syllable by syllable, day by day, fight by fight, just sort of pull back the curtain on some of this stuff and show more and more light and learn as you are still doing every day. You don't think you know it all, even though you play on television, someone who knows it all. Uh, There is a great deal of learning still to be done. And there are a lot of things outside of sports, as you know, worth tackling in business. So there is a great deal to to learn here. I wanted to circle back around on the Durant thing. Thing, though, Please just do. as it relates to uh, what it is I'm objecting to okay. in sports coverage okay. that doesn't quite feel as playful as Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. did. Uh, Kevin Durant, to me, in the social media age and in this age of media, he doesn't seem as great as he is to be terribly happy fighting trolls all the time. It yeah. seems like for someone of his greatness, it doesn't seem period. like he's enjoying what it is. He enjoys the basketball yes, portion of it, it, but the other portion of it that gets made louder by the way we consume sports, it feels like we sort of eat up. We eat up our demigods now in a way that's different than it's ever been. And Mm. I'd argue, you may disagree with this part, I'd argue that argument culture is at the very front of that, rewarding uh, the the most and loudest bombast fighting on television over these guys, that it's the most representative thing Mm. for how sports radio has gotten into the ether and the fabric of everything we cover. That's a a good point. My retort to that would be, Dan Dan Levitard, is this. You know, Each individual is who they are. And there's an audience out there that both of us have to appeal to. Some people like us loud. Some people like us a bit demonstrative and bombastic. Some people like us laughing a lot. Some people like the serious commentary. Um, we, we, We give it all. And I'm not talking about just first take. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about a whole bunch of shows that's out there. There's a potpourri of things we throw to the table. We're not one one dimensional individuals coming over the airwaves, digital, linear, or otherwise, on an everyday basis, being the same exact person for the same exact issues. Things 
you know, you deviate. So sometimes we're talking about the X's and O's. Sometimes we're talking about poor performance. Sometimes we're talking about domestic violence. Sometimes we're talking about assault. Sometimes we're talking about race relations. Sometimes we're talking about politics. Whatever the moment calls for, it calls for. But if we have a platform to disseminate a message to the masses and we do so in a way that the audience says is entertaining, OK, but we know we're filling in all of those gaps and we're checking in all of those boxes. That's not a reason to lament the state of affairs that it, as it pertains to the industry. I look at First Take right now. I've made a concerted effort, man, a concerted effort over the years. I want to laugh. I want to have a good time. I want to show that element of my personality. I love that Stephen A against the world because I know I can take it and I know it's all in fun. I watched Mina Combs on your show. I didn't know what the hell she was talking about when she was alluding to first take. I'm going to call her about that too because I didn't know what no. the hell she was talking no, about. No, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. She see, was just saying that but, you were the boss. But, but, she didn't but, have anything but, bad to let, say let about me, first let take. Me say, you you got to watch what you say. Well, you know, there's a limit to what you can say. No, there isn't. It's the, the only limit all of us have be respectful. And walk away knowing that you respect one another. We can laugh, we can, we can, we can argue or whatever. Don't get personal. And remember, we're here to entertain and have a good time because at the end of the day, it's only sports we're talking about. And there's far more serious real life issues going on out there. And that's all I'm trying to say. We're in a privileged position, Dan. I don't think there's a reason to lament anything. I think there's a reason to be excited about the opportunities both people like myself and you have to make this world and this industry a better place. Those are my last words. What are yours? When you say you don't think there's a reason to lament everything, anything, no, I, I would just anything. say if Most. you were the athlete, Most. you might yeah, uh, lament some right. things yes. about the coverage. And when you say all those boxes that you check sometimes, 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 right. every time it's for two hours a day. And sometimes you don't have two hours worth of stuff to talk about. You can figure it out because right. you're very good at the making of content. But in that exercise of uh, having to make the content, having to get the attention, mm -hmm. having to incentivize the dollars and all the things that we have to do in the media, I just think that there's a price to pay. It might not be a price that you and I are are suffering. We benefited from it. Maybe the last group of sports writers that will be allowed. Mm -hmm. Man, sports writers should be on their hands and knees thanking ESPN right. for giving us a path right. to uh, making money doing this silly thing that we do, laughing and talking about sports. But my last words to you beyond thank you for everything you do and the way that you've always been with me throughout my career, uh, I just uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity and remind the audience that even though what I'm saying I believe to be so. I also hold you in the highest regard because I do believe that you aspire to uh, so many of the journalistic tenets that I hold dear. The feeling is mutual. Right back at you, my brother. And you've given a lot of us food for thought. I'm sh I hope that I've done the same as it pertains to you. We look at it a little bit differently. But I think as long as both of us are in this business doing what we're doing and more importantly, willing to give an opportunity to others on the come up to really shine and do what they're capable of doing as well. And as long as we remain fair minded and our approach towards every for, towards everything, I think it'll all be just fine when all is said and done. And this is the coolest thing that your audience should know about you as you reach uh, the riches and the acclaim and the power uh, to see that place be yours, Stephen A. And to see you put a hand down and pick people up with that power, 
It has been a pleasure to see you navigate the labyrinth that way because it's such a great thing to do with adulthood to not just keep it all to yourself to share the bounty because it's best. Uh, it is best uh, not to do these things alone to have someone to share the view with you. I got you, my man. I appreciate you. You know, I love you, crazy ass. You know that. We'll do it. Likewise, we'll be, we'll, my sanctimonious ass. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll talk soon, my man. The one and only Dan Levitar. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Really appreciate Dan Levitar coming on the show. It was a very candid conversation, one that I thought was necessary. Um, when we look at certain things going on in the industry right now, I don't think anybody should be standing around or sitting around as a paragon of virtue, hovering over the industry as if they um, are, are perfect and devoid of imperfections. To his credit, that is not how Dan Levitar came across in this interview. Uh, reminding me specifically, and I hope you as my audience, why I love him so much. We've been friends for over uh, about 30 years. I got a lot of love and a lot of respect for him. And although I haven't liked certain things that he has said or how he has come across, there is no doubt that I have profound respect for him and love for him. He knows that. I know he has the same for me as well. We are genuine friends and brothers. And I really, really enjoyed him coming on the show. And he made some valid points, to be quite honest with you, a lot of valid points. And he certainly gave me food for thought and fairness. That's what it's all about. I could sit up there and said I made some points too, but that's for him to say. I certainly know he gave me a lot to think about. So um, he's a guy that I'm always rooting for. He's a guy that I'm always looking forward to uh, talking with and sparring with from time to time. Um, and it's the Dan Levitar Show with Stu Gotts. I support all of y'all, uh, encourage all of y'all rather to go and watch him. Not just watch this podcast, but watch him as well. Okay, so... Just wanted to say that I appreciate the love. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, I'm out of here. I'm out of here for now, but I'll be back a little bit later. Thanks for watching another episode of the Stephen A. Smith Show. You can watch me again every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, over the digital airwaves of YouTube. I can't thank y'all enough for the love and support. I'm closing in on 300,000 subscribers. That doesn't happen if it were not for your support. So I really, really appreciate it, and I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. But please make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified for all of our new content. And be sure, once again, to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling memoir, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Stephen A. signing off. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.